Hello, I'm Nate, and welcome to Psych for Today, a podcast that helps you understand the psychology behind events, situations, and people in our world today. Central to the whole debate. I was just, but is it even possible if the entire premise of the business model of Twitter, Twitter is for something to go viral? Then, then it's impossible to stop. They, they don't. They are not incentivized to stop this at all. I agree. I agree. I think as long as they're driven by advertising revenue based on this type of fake news has become a popular topic of conversation over the last couple of years. It is both a real problem and a weapon people use to discredit news they don't like. But have we always had a fake news problem? And where exactly did it come from? Today we'll be talking about the psychology behind fake news and how we got here. What is the mindset and emotions that has led to our culture of discrediting real news and creating fake news? To begin answering this question, you have to first understand the history of news. Until about the 1960s, news revolved around reporting. Individuals would see or hear about an event and then redistribute the information to the masses to keep them informed. But then, news programs realized they could make money. A lot of money. They had something people wanted. Information. On events going on in the world, and if they played their cards right, they could keep people perpetually watching their programs and racking the money along the way. And it's when this started happening that we begin to see news move from reporting to entertainment. But the problem with entertainment is that it is driven by opinion, not reporting. And the difference between reporting and opinion are very important. To give you an example, if my wife walked out of our bedroom and asked me how she looked, I could give her a report of what I see, or I could give her an opinion of what I see. A report would be, your dress matches your eyes, it fits you well, and it's very colorful. While an opinion would be, the patterns on the dress look like animals. I think people at the party will like it, and I prefer dresses that end below the knees. One way talks about what is being seen, another way talks about how I feel about what I see. And this is the important difference between reporting and opinion. One is driven by observation and fact, another is driven by opinion and feeling. And you may find it upsetting that news companies have become so rooted in entertainment and opinion. But they wouldn't be doing it if people didn't like it. Because the truth is, people love when the news confirms their biases, prejudices, and feelings about the world. There is no greater satisfaction that people feel when they hear a news story that confirms some political idea philosophical idea, or social idea they feel about the world. News companies know that it is comforting to confirm people's feelings and opinions. They know that people enjoy news in line with what they think. And so many of us have seen and experienced this amazing phenomenon where news now supports certain ideas, opinions, and personalities. For instance, we see talk shows which tends to reach people who like their news filtered through opinion and conversation. We see satirical news for people who like their news laden with sarcasm and farce. We also see uptight and fundamental news 
for those who like to take a stand and feel like they are fighting a battle. News does all this because they know it works. But let's get into the second reason we have a fake news problem, the internet. Now I love the internet, and I don't think it should ever be taken away. But just like a lot of things, it has its good and it has its bad. Its bad is that it has created a lot of fake news problems because it has made it very cost-effective and easy for everyone to have an opinion. And what I mean by that is this. Before the internet, only a handful of people could afford to have an opinion that more than just their neighbors, spouse, and dog knew. It was expensive to get your opinion out there. You had to either be wealthy, educated, experienced, or well-liked by a lot of people, which meant your average, uneducated, inexperienced, disliked person was not publishing books or getting on stage or drawing crowds. But with the internet, it has made it very cheap and easy for everyone to write a book, talk on a stage, draw a crowd, to where we now have a world where everyone is now their own little news agency. So now whenever some event happens, there is not just a dozen perspectives, but 30 dozen perspectives. Thus, when the average person is listening to the news, either on their TV or on their computer or on their cell phone, they have hundreds of different perspectives coming at them all at the same time. So when you combine opinion and feeling-based news with the internet, what you get is a news culture that is confusing, overwhelming, and disconnected, which is a perfect recipe for the fake news culture to flourish. When information is not succinct and is scattered and constantly contradicting itself, your mind is more inclined to be suspicious, doubtful, and distrusting of what you are hearing. And this is a lot of what drives individuals who call fake news fake, even when it is real. On the other hand, when news is something that thousands of people are doing and is driven by emotion, then the news culture becomes about competition, not authenticity. Who can have the edge the quickest or the more divisive headline to attract more consumers becomes the focus of news agencies. Which means most news agencies are constantly riding the line between fake news and real news because they have to live so close to the line with how competitive and cutthroat the news world is. Thus, every so often, they spill over and you get a terrible fake news problem. So what can we do? In my opinion, no pun intended, it starts with a willingness on the part of everyday people to decrease how often they contribute to the noise of news in our society each day. We have a culture where everyone feels like they need to have an opinion, that you aren't doing your duty if you don't add to the public pot of feelings and thoughts about certain issues. But what would it look like if we just started supporting those who were actually educated or experienced or well-liked on a certain subject, rather than all trying to have a thought about a certain subject. Part of the issue with so many people talking about every issue is that the actual experts rarely get a voice. They're kind of like these rare gems you find in the rough of news, but most of the time they get missed. I think it would help that if you don't have an opinion, don't feel like you have to give one. And even if you do feel like you have an opinion, Use your voice to point people to the experts and the educated, instead of you and your voice, which often just multiplies the noise instead of reducing it. 
Thanks for listening to Psych for Today. For more podcasts, blogs, and other information, visit ncwebster.com.